ACDC means only one thing. Try, time to bring in uh, On The Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Uh, download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. Uh, Mark Spector, On The Mark for Booster Juice, uh, Roger Sportsnet. Uh, we were talking nicknames, uh, and Eddie didn't know yours, Speck. You, you want to and uh, just refresh uh, our listeners with your old nickname? <laughs> My old nickname? Which one are we talking about? Well, here? from your uh, baseball days. My baseball days? Well, I didn't see too good. They used to call me Magoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was then the other one when you were pitching. <laughs> And then they call me home run spec, but yeah. as the old line goes, the problem was I was a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> We're batting them out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you know what? They they only kid because they love. Boys. That's right. That's yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, if you get a nickname, that means people like you, right? That's right. That's how sports work. Dressing rooms work. Yeah. I don't know if you caught it. Do you uh, In the last segment at the top, I, I, you were probably just jumping out of the shower or something. Or are you standing in line to get your passport or what? I'm standing in line to get my passport. How did you know that? You told me last night. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm looking at my bags in line. I walked away from the people to spare them uh, <laughs> having a list of it. <laughs> um, I am in Canada Place as we speak. So you remember Chris Berman, Boomer from ESPN, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember what his nickname was for Bert Blylevin, who threw a no-hitter today in 1977 for the Twins? Oh, my goodness. No. Oh, it was Bert B. Home Blylevin. Bert B. Home Blylevin. Oh boy! <laughs> there you go. He was a he was Dutch. He came from Holland. Bert Blylevin had a killer curveball too. That's you, what I remember about Bert Blylevin. And how about this? A uh, text comes into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. This guy almost beat you to it. Uh, hey boys, Speck was also known as Magoo on the St. Albert Tigers. Okay, who's sending that? In? I don't, uh, can you please send your name on this one? I oh, normally we don't. Yeah, it must be an old team teammate, right? Yeah, I was 17. I, I played for the Tigers. I didn't play much. I was a member of the Tigers <laughs> when I was 17, but I didn't play much. Randy Gregg played for that team. Yeah. And some of the old baseball guys around town, uh, Gordy Gerlach, Ray Brown was our coach. Hmm. You know, guys like Dale Hawkins. And anyway, that was a million years ago. Man, I'm 17 years old, my first year in the Sunburst League, and thinking everything was going to be smooth. And they barely pitched me all year. I ended up moving to some other teams that actually let me pitch. So. <laughs> and then the nickname came in, right? Uh, the nickname came from those guys, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I was, I'm standing center field during batting practice trying to catch fly balls I can't see coming. So that was the deal, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the uh, the online nicknames after you write a critical ar- uh, article, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, those are those are offered with love. No. You that. <laughs> no, uh, no, I get it. But again, there. <laughs> at least people are reading them for sure. Um, so, you, did you have fun last night? We had our little client uh, partner, little soiree down at the pint. Uh, it was I, I know you were kind of making the rounds, introducing yourself, talking to some people. Uh, what would you think? Yeah. yeah, it was really nice. You know, I had a nice long visit with Teran Sandwith mm-hmm. and uh, Low Tide and some of the couple of the sponsors, uh, Blake from uh, Action Electrical and. Um, you know, just a bunch of people we ran into and chatted with. Susan from the station. Mm-hmm. Lorianne uh, Munzer you talked to for a long yeah, time. Yeah, nice chat with Lorianne. Yeah, it's interesting. The radio industry is interesting. And when you find people that have been in it for a long time, uh, I always have questions for them. So, yeah, it was a fun night. Had a couple of adult beverages and uh, some good food and 
uh, got to know everybody a little bit. It's a nice way to kick off a new thing here, right? Yeah, good stuff for sure. So you were down uh, at uh, camp yesterday. I saw you down there for the second uh, session, which was uh, quite uh, opposite of the first one when uh, you look at who was on the ice. But what was your, uh, I guess, take on day number one of Oilers training camp? Well, I think they're, you know what they do? They've, they've got most of the team in the first group, and that's going to be the first group again today. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you come to these camps, guys, and the coaches, staff, and the GM say, hey, there's, it's wide open, you know, there's a million jobs, and you're looking at the lineup, you're going, no, there isn't. Well, these guys are living in reality. There aren't any very many jobs here, right? Mm-hmm. Not very many. And they're skating most of their NHL team in one group, including both their goalies. Because who's kidding who? Your goalies are Campbell and Skinner, and that's who they are. Yeah. Like, I ain't changing so I, I think that it's smart. Like, don't deal in some fantasy where you're telling some kid who's going back to junior that he's got a chance to make your team. He doesn't. So mm-hmm. give him his experience, but let's work on putting a hockey team together here, and I think that's what Jay Woodcock's doing. Spec, this Oilers team, they've lost uh, the pa- in the past two postseasons to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. Uh, is it really just as simple as saying you get better goaltending, the- this team can do it? Well, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so at all. Like, to me, there's a reason that, that an Aiden Hill wins a cup. And there's a reason that an Antti Niemi wins a cup. You know, it's, I mean, obviously they, they're playing great. Like, Aiden Hill played great for Vegas. I'm not saying he didn't. But they play a system in front of them that allows them to play great. You know, Edmonton's goaltending wasn't good enough. We've had been through this. They shouldn't have played Skinner so much. He was getting tired and tired and tired. You could watch his game going downhill. But I'm going to say to you, the Oilers defensively didn't play a Stanley Cup caliber of defensive hockey. Mm-hmm. I think they need to tie things up a little bit more here. They need to play better defensively. It's like Ekholm said the other day. He said, the reality is you're going to be in your own zone for a full minute sometimes. And that's just, it's going to happen. Even though, you know, the analytics guys love to reward uh, uh, defensemen who, who make the good breakout passes, and that's good. We need to know all that stuff. But the reality is, you know, the whole story is the, the best defense is when the pucks and the other teams end. But reality states, as, as Ekholm said, there's times when you get pinned in there, and you've got to be able to survive it. Mm-hmm. And as he said, we can't have guys who play 30 seconds of our team concept and then after 30 seconds they get tired and go off on their own individual direction. Mm-hmm. And we all break down. So I think the Oilers have to get better at that. When you know that, that will allow a kid like Skinner or maybe Campbell to, you know, to pull an Aiden Hill. But I don't think they're playing, they played strong enough defensively to have that happen for them last year. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, Mark Spector, our daily guest uh, on the Kevin Carey Show, 8 o'clock for Booster Juice, uh, along with Eddie Steele this morning, 8.07 in Edmonton, uh, Sports 1440. Uh, you know, if you recall, too, what Ken Holland said, Speck, at the end of last season, um, defense is almost all of it, besides, just as you said, a few things what um, uh, Matthias Ekholm said, it's hard work. And, and I think at times, when you listen to what Ken said last year at the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, after the Oilers lost to Vegas, is that I don't think he felt that the team worked as hard as it possibly could defensively. We all know that they can do it offensively. Did you get a take like that from last year when uh, Kenny was saying that? Um, 
you know, I guess I'd say to you that it is, it's for sure it's hard work and it's not fun work and it hurts when you got to block that shot, you know, but it, how would I say, you have to be, you have to be as committed and concerted defensively. It's sure it's easy when you got the puck and you're trying to score mm-hmm. goals. Everybody's trying really hard, right? But you need, like, at, during the season, everyone everyone's working hard, okay? This thing about working hard, look, the other guys are working hard, too. Mm-hmm. At some point, you get down to, to a point where both teams, where the hard work cancels each other out. And now it's who's executing your defensive work better, who's playing better in your own zone, right? Who's not making the wrong, who doesn't have one guy out of five making a bad read and everything breaks down. And really, once you get into the second round, you know, don't tell me that mm-hmm. we worked harder than the other team. The other right. team's working their you know what's off too. Yeah, I, I guess it's I was, who executes better. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to get at I guess working harder with while working smarter. I guess is that yeah. that's kind working of fair. Harder, what well, what Kenny was that, saying, you know, that's it. It's working smarter, not necessarily harder, and and some experience and emotions get involved. You know, let's go back to the turning point in the orders postseason that that five minute period where they mm-hmm. gave up three goals in Vegas yeah. right that was just a huge emotional swing in a really hard building I was in there mm-hmm. like that building it's crazy man and it started going and they got those two penalties it's a five on three and the place is going crazy then they score well now it gets louder then they score now it gets even louder like you don't just you know I know these guys are pros but that was too much for the Oilers. They wilted, mm-hmm. right? They allowed three that time. And the momentum did get the better of them, and you can't deny that. But now they've experienced it, right? And they're going to get back in that situation again, and they're going to say, okay, we've done this. We've been right. here. And these are the little tiny things that allow the Tampas to lose for a long time and then win, and Colorado to lose for a long time and then win, and the Oilers hopefully follow the same path. Uh, here's one for you, Spec. So we all know that the Flames and Oilers have had a rivalry for yep. many years. You wrote the book on it. Um, I mean, Vancouver's is what Vancouver is. There's you know always a little bit of a more of a, a feeling in the yeah. air, and and maybe juice there for sure. a little bit. But how how much does this Oilers team this year, in particular, because it hasn't been there in the past? have a definite a dislike, a hate on for the Vegas Golden Knights? Like, how big of a deal can, can can this be? And can they take that to a level where they have to match everything and, and exceed everything whenever they play Vegas and have that hatred for a team? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say that, you know, is it hatred? Is it respect? I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I think what they know is they can probably play Vancouver, and this is dangerous. You can play Vancouver, not play your best game, and win. Um, I'm not sure you can play Vegas in a playoff game, and they learned last year. You know, they were in pretty good control of that series. Second period, game five on the road, tie series, leading the game. Like that series, Edmonton had a good control of that series, and gone. Like it was gone. <laughs> right? Yep. So. I think it's, it's, is it hatred? I don't know if it's hatred or if it's more so respect and knowing that we can't falter here. We can't, we can't take two shifts off like we can against San Jose and still win. It ain't going to be 6-5 probably with Vegas. So 
that's their new opponent. Vegas is their their stumbling block. Calgary's looking at Edmonton and saying, we're not getting anywhere until we can beat Edmonton. And so are a bunch of teams. But Edmonton's looking at Vegas, and they're saying, this is our team. We've got to beat Vegas. Mm-hmm. And what you really want to do, guys, is you want to win your division and let L.A. and Vegas play each other mm-hmm. in the first round instead of you always getting the Kings or Vegas. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Switching gears a little bit here, uh, Spec, you going to uh, tune into the Elks BC game tonight? We got one of the the hottest teams in the CFL playing, and we uh, dare to say we're looking at a three game home win streak tonight, possibly. <laughs> oh my goodness! Isn't that something? From where that went, fourteen hundred days to a three game streak. I love it. Like it's great. Yeah, I'm, we're actually going to swing out to the lake tonight, and I'm going to hustle because I want to be sitting in front of that game. It's a seven thirty game, correct? Yeah, uh, kickoff will be seven forty. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Perfect, man. Later the better for me. Unless you Uh, want to go to the game. Yeah, I know. If I was in town, I would, but uh, I'm not going to be. I'll be watching on TV, but enjoying it. And Mm -hmm. it's just fun to have a team you can rally around. I don't even look at the standings. I don't care that their playoff chances are slim. Uh, They're going to give me a good night entertainment here. This thing where they haven't scored a point against BC, (laughs) that's ancient history for me. Like That's another team that that fell prey to that not this team i don't i don't that doesn't mean a thing to me uh i'm gonna get entertained tonight i'm gonna see a competitive football game i got a quarterback i can watch play i'm not sure what's gonna happen but i know it's gonna be exciting like that's what we want as sports fans in the city i I just Mm -hmm. want a team that that makes me sit in front of that tv thinking or at the game thinking hey we got a chance tonight and i think that about the elks now i don't care who they play yeah. yeah, you said the word too competitive. You just want to see a competitive product, man. I'm with you, Spec. What, yeah, like, and, and what about your old the, one of the first teams you ever covered? U of A Golden Bears football yeah, team yeah, could be four and zero after tonight. There, where are they? They're tonight? in They're UBC. UBC. Yeah, in UBC. Both, okay. both teams are three and zero coming in, Spec. So battle for oh, first good. in Canada West. Okay. Hey, listen, I my like I've got so much respect for Chris Morris yeah. because. He went there with, you know, a really good plan, and he's such a smart guy, and he's really dedicated, all those things. Like, he's a perfect college coach, man. But it, all of a sudden, it's, is it 10 years later, Eddie? How long has he been there for? Oh, I, uh, I want to say for more like 14, yeah. 16, something yeah. in there. Like, it hasn't come easy for Chris. It's not like they had two tough years and then started winning. Like, holy man, he's building a hell of a program, but it has not come and shown in the win column and and he's hung in there and they've hung in there and now they're i mean that reward has been a long time coming for those Mm -hmm. guys i i have such respect for a group of people that didn't quit and hung in there and kept believing and all those things and i love seeing the uva golden bears 3-0 and competitive and getting a playoff game maybe and this is a nice change that program Mm -hmm. man it's it's well every other program at that university has been winning national championships. Uh, the football team's tried like hell, but it hasn't come. Mm-hmm. And finally, maybe, possibly, they're getting their due. i love to see it. Uh, we're going to have uh, Odell Willis on in five minutes, Peck. How about that? Can you listen Can you listen to that in your in the lineup to get your passport or not? Well, i got nothing better to do, I can tell you that. <laughs> how how long do you think you're going to be waiting there? Not bad. I got here early. There's only about 15 people in front of me. The thing oh. opens at 8.30, so I'll be able to make the skates this morning. Did you bring, a, like, a lawn chair, like, lunch, bag lunch, anything? Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> a 
speaker. Yeah, no, no, I didn't bring my guitar and my speaker to entertain the crowd here. That I would pay to see. Uh, yeah. you, I'll tell you what, you did. if you would have done that, you'd have a whole whack of new nicknames coming into tomorrow. <laughs> hey, let's not start on the nicknames, okay? Usually they start to go south pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> All right, Magoo, thanks for this. Have a great weekend. Okay, All right, Spec. Uh, that's Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, on the mark, energized by Booster Juice, you can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, he's got one heck of a nickname. The mayor of Swaggerville, Odell Willis, joins us on the Kevin Carey Show with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440 right after the break. That's what we're talking about. Hey, Eddie. That's what we're talking about. Bring him in. Bring him in. Bring, bring the man in. Uh, 821 in uh, the Capital Region. And uh, really happy to bring in our next guest, former CFLer, former double ear, Odell Willis. Let's go. <laughs> How you doing, big guy? I'm doing good. How y'all fellas doing this morning? Well, not not too bad. I got your uh, partner in crime, Eddie Steele, with me, and uh, thanks for uh, Eddie for facilitating this. And uh, I know you guys have a, a, a long history, good friendship. So uh, just touch on that to start, uh, Odell. Oh uh, yeah, man. You know, uh, I met Eddie. Uh, you know, once once we got once I got to the CFL. Hey, boy, he was real. Uh, he was. Uh, he was good friends with one of my friends, Danny O. They played together in college. Um, and, you know, I was just paying attention to his career while he was in Hamilton. And by the grace of God, we uh, we became teammates in uh, Edmonton. Went on a long, long, great run. Brought the city a great cup. And, you know, like I say, when you go through blood, sweat, and tears in the trenches, you know, it mm. means a little more sometimes mm-hmm. than being acquaintances in the street. So you have that bond. So... Like I said, man, Eddie, we still kick it. We still go out and golf, hang out. You know what I'm saying? We both got families now, so life's good. Life is good, oh. Man, it's good to be with you. Good to have you on here, oh. We're talking with one of the 12 guys in the CFL with oh, 100-plus sacks. So that's a rarity. There's only 12 guys in the history of the league with 100-plus sacks, and you're one of them. So now, what are you doing in Edmonton? Why why Edmonton? Why did you choose to come out here and set your roots down in Edmonton? And what are you up to now? I hear you got the kids in the background, which <laughs> I love, man. I respect that because that's, that's real life. That's what it's about. So what are oh, you up yeah. to now? And just fill the listeners in uh, with what's going on with your life. Oh, man. Well, like, as you can see right now, uh, I settled down in Edmonton. I uh, found me a beautiful wife, two lovely. She gave me two lovely kids. Uh, and like I said, I settled down here because, like I say, it was a community-owned town, and they gave so much that there was a team in the city that gave the most to me when during my career. So I was like, you know, I was—I <clears throat> never been a home guy. I love my people from home, but I just never really been a home guy. So, you know, just a chance to stay in Edmonton in the off season to learn what the Canadian culture is about, just to learn more about the people. I mean. It was a no-brainer for me, and recently, like I said, I just became a, a Canadian resident. So big news. You know, yeah, that that took like three years. You know, shout out to Top Nation for helping me with that because, like I said, that was one of the biggest things and the biggest struggles was trying to get through that. And like I said, once I got through that, you know, just trying to figure out the lay of the land, and that's when I figured out, you know what? Let's let me bring my grassroots of football and. Uh, my grassroots of how to be an athlete 
to the city, and I just recently opened my own gym, Athletes Compound, 993867 now. So you guys can come check me out on that. And right now we're just building the grassroots so these kids can learn football and other sports the right way. And we're just trying to navigate these kids to a better future. Our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Reuter is former CFLer, former double ear, Odell Willis. Uh, Mr. Reuter, they are sports fans like all of our listeners and pumped that Sports Radio, sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrreuter.ca. So, Odell, you, you mentioned your your new gym and working with the kids. What's that like working with these young kids to kind of see that look in the eye that maybe you had you know, whatever, 25 years ago. So what's that like to kind of see what these kids, where they are and where they can go? Oh, man, it's actually a beautiful thing, and that's my enjoyment that I get get out of it. Folks think it's, oh, he's just doing the jail uh, to get some money and all that. I mean, it's enough money in Edmonton. I could do other things besides the gym. But my thing with the gym was, like I say, doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in the city not doing it the right way, and there's a lot of great talent in this city. Mm-hmm. So when I was going around during when I was playing, it was like, yo, you come to a camp here, come to a camp there, you'll be at the camp. And it's like, man, these camps are not ran right, but you got some great athletes out here. So <clears throat> like I said, now that I'm retired and I have more time to uh, move around the city, it's like, I go around, I recruit these kids to, you know, just just come try it out. Come see what the mayor experience is all about. <laughs> and when, once you get them in there, you see them going, it's like, oh, man. And for me, it's like it's a challenge because once you see a kid who's raw, who got natural talent, who just need a little bit of help, that get my that get my, my juices going, get mm-hmm. my, my mind going, like how can, I, how can I take this kid to the next level? Yeah, and yeah. the bigger enjoyment is when the kids been consistent with me for like two or three weeks, and they come back like, Coach, 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 I did this, Coach, I did mm-hmm. that, Coach, I test the rim, Coach, I can do that, and it's just like that's basically like a touchdown for me or a sack for me when they come back with enjoyment, telling me about their progress without me telling them. I don't want to, I don't like the kids be like, uh, I I don't want to be telling the kids like, oh yeah, you you get stronger, you get faster. I like for the kids to come back to me with their results from what they've been doing with me. You know what I'm saying? So that's my enjoyment, and like I said, that's the thrill I get out of giving back to these kids. Man, it's truly fulfilling, isn't it? Man, it's it, it's it's great because, like you say, you see these kids who had the same desire that you once had. You know what I'm saying? And to give it back and put that same life and energy into these kids that somebody once did for you, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no better feeling. Uh, So, Odell, uh, with your gym, just uh, give the listeners, I know you have something coming up this weekend, give the listeners, the audience, uh, a little uh, intro as to what's going on tomorrow. Oh, man. Fans. Hey, radios, anybody, news. The mayor is throwing a, the biggest block party of the city tomorrow. Last good last good summer weekend of the city. I'm throwing a big block party. I'm having a barbecue. We got barbecue. We got free food. We're going to have food trucks. I have a DJ coming out. So just come out, you know, <laughs> come out, support your former uh, Great Tuck champion and see what, I'm, see what I'm giving back to the city. Like I said, it's nice. going to be from 12 to 4. Uh, like I said, we got door prizes, raffle prizes. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a lot of, you know, it's going to be a lot of variety of people that's there. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, if you want to come out, hang out with your, with your, uh, 
with your fan, with your boy. Hey, come hang out with me. I have a couple more of my guys there. Uh, Eddie, you should. Yeah, I'll probably be out. I'll be out. I'll be out. Yeah, bring the kid out. Like I say, it's a it's a family-free, fun environment. Like I say, we're going to have food, drinks for the kids so nobody won't be there hungry. Like I said, we got the DJ, we got good music, and like I said, just come have good vibes. So mm. where there's two people there, 22 people there, yeah. we're going to have fun. Odell Willis is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with Eddie Steele. We'll get some details on that, Eddie, and we'll relay it to uh, our listeners. Uh, I mean, Eddie's going to get the, the address and everything. I know you said it, but we'll we'll get that out uh, on our socials and things like that. Uh, so when you were talking about uh, what it means to you to kind of help shape and mold these young kids, who were some of the old coaches and, and, and things like that that helped mentor you and kind of get you to where you became who you were? Uh, the first one would be Coach Reginald Ruffin. Uh He grew up, he was best friends with my brother in high school, and he was actually the first guy I paid attention to that left from my, from my town to go you know, play ball at the next level at University of North Alabama. He's actually the only All-American at North Alabama to be an All-American at defensive end and linebackers at two different pre- mm-hmm. two different positions. Uh, he went on to coach <clears throat> at high school at the high school level. He ended up coaching me my high, uh, for two three years of my high school career, and he did later on went to the college ranks. He went to Miles College, won plenty tons of conference championships. He's now at Tuskegee. He won there, but now he's the athletic director, and he have uh, he have a few of my boys that we uh, that we started playing football with. They're now in the coaching staff, and those guys I hate to get out the subject. I was actually able to bring those guys up here to Canada to, to recruit kids yes. back to the states because, like I say, I feel like I can offer opportunity for those kids. So. Shout out to Tuskegee University for coming up here and offering and, you know, giving out uh, scholarships to two kids. So, But Reginald Ruffin is mm-hmm. the guy that, you know, motivated me to what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be as on the football side. And then once you got to Canada and in the CFL, I mean, who were some of the coaches, I mean, early on in your career especially, that kind of helped you uh, make that transition to Canada and the CFL? Well, well, I would just like to say, uh, give a big shout out to Chris Jones because he found me. Yeah. So he found me in 2008. But the crazy part about it, I wasn't real fond of him. Like, was, <laughs> yeah, you weren't. You know I'm, I'm like, man, this this little white guy is crazy because you know the workout <laughs> stuff is cool. He like, okay, he you know he he vibe with us, but. The early years of the Chris Jones, it was like once I got to Calgary, I'm like, man. Uh, actually, Cornell Brown, my D-line D- coach, he helped me get adjusted and stuff. Because I used to go to him like, man, why is this guy on me so much? And I'm and I'm like, I'm balling. Like, <laughs> this guy's steadily pushing me. Like, what's wrong with it? But mm-hmm. as the season went on, I'm like, okay, I get it. Because, like I said, my mom was a coach, too. So I used to be like, yo. But once I understood, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. This he, all right, he, I, I like this guy. And like I said, I appreciate him because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be up here. So once I got over that, I'm like, okay, Cardinal Brown, Chris Jones, and then they traded me. So it was like, ah, forget them all over again. <laughs> but then once I left there, um, 
uh, Richard Harris, man. Yeah. Richard yeah. Harris was one of the probably the biggest in my in my football career while I was up here because he understood exactly where I was coming from, how I felt, how I felt as a player. And at that time, I was young and I was reckless. Uh, you guys, any of my teammates, I was probably one of the best teammates my earlier career, the earlier years of my career because I just didn't know. And like I say. Richard Harris, he really guided me and navigated me on how I should be a pro and how mm-hmm. I should, you know, come to day-to-day work, you know, how I should care of myself. So he's probably the biggest influence as far as coaching-wise in the CFL that, you know, I have had. Odell Willis is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with a co-host on Friday's Eddie Steele on 1440. So, Odell, I'm, you've made Edmonton your home now. You watched the first half of the Elks season this year. What was going through your mind watching that as a, a former player? And then what have you seen and how, I guess, excited are you uh, to see the turnaround in the last, you know, month or so, month and a half? Uh, just to be honest with you, I mean, I've been telling, I've been preaching this since he came back. Rome wasn't built in a day. So... You know, I guess I look at the game different. I'm not just a fan. Like, I understand the business side, the systems. So when I was looking at it, I'm just like, man, we behind the eight ball already because, one, coaches playing for Crumb. They, they they coaching for Crumb. Our cap is messed up. So I'm like, it's going to take a year. Went through the year. Now we coming this year. And I was like, oh, we starting off rougher than I thought. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it takes one, maybe two years, but I knew the type of coach Chris Jones is. If you check his track record, things are not going to be cracking for long. Hey, That's it. The storm is not going to last always, especially a Chris Jones coach team. So once once we made a few moves, I'm like, okay, you know, you just got to keep trying, keep trying. And once we made the QB change and, you know, gave a little bit of life back to the team, you just basically seeing the results. Guys are believing again. Guys are playing with confidence again. And like I say, it done brought a new life to the city that, okay, this is what we wanted at the beginning of the year. But at the end of the day, people as fans got to understand it's a process. Just because you change coaches and change all this, you're not just going to win. But – we're used to winning here. So I get where they're coming from, but at the end of the day, they got to understand everything has a process. Tough times don't last always. Tough teams and tough people do. And you just seeing what tough teams and tough people do. We done made a QB change. Uh, we, like I said, making plays. Like I said, we just trying to get this push so we can get to this playoff. That would, that, that would be the ultimate turnaround story. We get to the playoffs. I want to ask the fans now, how do they feel? Do they have that same they have when they're, oh, fire this person, fire that person? And that really bothers me because it's like, <clears throat> if you're not doing good at your job, you don't have nobody in your ear all in the media talking about he need to be fired, he need to be fired. That's, that's you never met thing. Jason Greger. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, why are you calling for people's jobs just because they having a little bump in the road? What if somebody calls for your job off a mistake? Yeah. Yeah, it's a different type of pressure. It really is. 
it, it, it really is a different type of pressure. I, and I'm with you, man. I, I tell this to people all the time. Imagine if uh, in your work atmosphere you had a camera on you filming every single move you make. And if you, for example, are typing at a computer, and if you have um, you know three typos uh, in the first hour of your shift, well, they're going to re- look to replace you. And the next morning you'll show up to work and there'll be three other people <laughs> looking to take your job. I don't think a lot of people could handle that. And the bad, the bad, the part is, you might have three other people there to take your job, while your desk might not even be there. <laughs> or you may have somebody sitting in your desk, and you be like, "Hey, hey, that's my seat." But when you go to look, your name tag not there. Their name tag there. So now you're trying to figure out, hey, now when you go to the boss, your coach, hey, coach, what's going on? Oh yeah, man, we decided to replace you. Now you, well, what that's what you life? guys signed up for, man. No, that's, that's what life. you signed up for. That's the life. Yep, it uh, is. I only had three typos. Yeah, that's three too many. <laughs> uh, you so, know, uh, Odell, I'm going to get you to text off uh, the uh, address for the event tomorrow. So text Eddie the address just to make sure he's got it. We'll we'll tell our uh, listeners where where it is in, uh, I think, 12 to 4, you said, tomorrow? 12 to 4, yes, sir. Okay. It's right at, hey, right at noon, not too long, not too short. Just the right amount of time for us to have a good time and mingle. All right. Well, hey, thanks for doing this, uh, Odell. Appreciate you coming on. Good luck with the event oh, tomorrow. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it, big Eddie. Hey, Odell, I need an ego boost, so I got to get you out on the golf course so I can whoop you, man. <laughs> Sound good. You know where I stay. Jaeger Ridge ain't nothing but across the street, cuz. <laughs> we'll uh, talk. All right. Uh, thanks, Odell, for being with us. It's uh, Odell right, Willis. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great day. You too. Thanks, man. Uh, and uh, thanks, Eddie, for getting Odell in here. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, always uh, a fan favorite wherever he went, really. Yeah, he you know, was. He, he was, was. You know, and everyone loved him. You can see why. Yeah. I mean, he's engaging and stuff. And, you know, I think, you know, he he just wants – the good thing I like about it, you know, he wants to be part of the community right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's critical. That's telling. Team. That's te- Especially as American guys, yep. not only to retire and stay in Edmonton, but loves the community so much that he's now a Canadian citizen. Yeah, cool. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, have a few more stories with Eddie Steele. Rob Maddy. Uh, at the top of the hour uh, with the NFL, uh, Associated Press, uh, we've got Nicole Falcone Dempsey, uh, a nice initiative uh, with some local soccer going on in our city. Howie Draper at the top of the hour in 10, uh, the new head coach of the New York entry. I don't even know if they got a, a nickname team yet. Uh, on our nickname day, you know, the hockey team in New York still looking for one. Uh, and then at 10 30-ish, 1040-ish probably, 1040-ish, probably the top guest that have ever lined up so far. It's a big one. In the history of the Kevin it's Carey Show. Three-week history. Uh, stay with us uh, more with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. That's a request from our Eddie Steele to the Duke of Delburn. You like the Stones? Eddie? Love it, love it. That's yeah. a, Duke. I appreciate you, man. You're quick <laughs> with it. That's a great Friday feel right there. Uh, painted black by the Stones. Uh, I was just watching an old movie uh, for Love of the Game. Kevin Costner, uh-huh. baseball. There's a. It's a pretty sappy movie. Let's be honest, but there's some cool things in that movie. Um, Vin Scully's in it. Yep. Does a great job. Yep. 
there was one part, but they threw on that painted black song. I think he was mad and something, and all of a sudden he kind of started striking out everybody. So uh, <laughs> in the zone, he was in uh, in the zone. If you got a text, send it our way one eight three three four zero one. 1440. Uh, we were talking nicknames, and Shanked one sends in probably one of the best ones ever in double E history, which was uh, Spaghetti Legs, and that was old Jackie Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noodle Legs could run. Yeah, Spaghetti Legs was unbelievable. Um, yeah, and uh, a great guy for sure was, you know, and then there, there's another guy, Made Edmonton Home. Yeah. You know, Made Edmonton Home. So I, when you never talked about your experience in the Banjo Bowl, uh, when you were playing in, in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. uh, well, in Saskatchewan and then uh, being from Winnipeg. But I always thought that that was, you know, I guess that was Troy Westwood that started yeah. that, right? Yeah. And what did he say? He called uh, Yeah, he the, called the Riders fans... Um, banjo picking picking inbreds. inbreds. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> and, mean, like... And it's stuck. There's a trophy now because of it. Yes. It's stuck. It's um, pretty uh, pretty incredible, actually, the momentum that it took on. And I, I read some articles. He didn't even want it to, to evolve the way it did. But uh, look, it grew, it snowballed, and now it's uh, the rivalry we know between the provinces is huge, and that game has taken on such a, such an importance between the two organizations. Um, there's another one, Imitation Thompson's, and how about a guy so good they called a chunk of the game Gizmo time, and we didn't mention Gizmo Williams. Mm-hmm. That, again... I wonder who gave him that nickname. We wonder if we could ever find that out. Yeah, I wonder what the the background, the history. I Why bet the Dwayne Mandruziak will know. We'll have to get Dwayne on that. He's got a couple of nicknames. Yeah, we would call Rock. him D Rock. D Rock. Yeah. We would call him Wheezy. Uh, and then, of course, the classic Pops. Yeah, you call, you're going to call him Pops. And he called every player kid or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, kid. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so true. Yeah, and. One of these, um, uh, we're going to wait, I think, probably maybe a, a few weeks, but we're going to have Dwayne Mandruzic in, we're going to have Sparky Kolchiski in, mm. and we're going to have Barry Stafford in. And those guys go back, you know, as far as you can go back and really close friends, you know, did the same job with, you know, the double E and then the Oilers and, and we formed a great relationship. All three, they, they were at my uh, golf tournament and we took a picture on... Uh, the tee that I was hitting balls on. And I think, oh, what is it? Is it 21 championship rings, I think? Wow. 21. And then they they never even counted, like Dwayne doesn't even, or uh, the, the Oiler guys don't even count the, the Canada Cups and, yeah. and things like that. Um, you know, the Duke's way, there's a bunch of people. I got, I got some family. That. Family oh. showed up. I got some family well, that came here. in. You, Eddie, you start, keep talking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my... Uh, my sister and my brother-in-law and my niece and two nephews and my stepdad, they all just showed up outside of the station, so they're all coming in. So, hey, everybody, hey, everybody on live radio, live sports radio in Edmonton. How you guys doing? Hey, Brooksy. How you doing, Brooks? <laughs> so we got the Steele family in the studio here in the West Edmonton Mall, Sports 1440. Uh, just uh, run, run us down what we got here, Eddie. Absolutely. We have here my stepdad, Tom. My nephew, Elliot, my sister, Jenny, my brother-in-law, Aaron, my nephew, Brooksy, and last but not least, my beautiful niece, Nora. Wow, Nora, it looks like you could probably be maybe a future broadcaster. Maybe, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She likes to talk. She likes to talk. Well, why don't you go (laughs) sit on your uncle's knee? Maybe we'll get you on the air here. 
You want to say hi to the people, Nora? No. How about you, Ellie? No. You want to come and say hi? Come say hi to uh, the city of Edmonton. Hi, Edmonton. <laughs> so where is everybody from? They're from Des Moines, Iowa, right? Yeah. Cool. Elliot, what, what are you doing right now? You play some sports, don't you? Um, Soccer, and sometimes I play street football. Street football? Uh, how about wrestling? You're a pretty good wrestler, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Down in the States, in Iowa, I'm sure the listeners know. I mean, that's big wrestling country. Mm-hmm. So my nephew here, he's uh, nine? You're nine? Yeah. And he's already uh, a really good wrestler, so it's pretty awesome how they have the, the programs and they start them young down there. And uh, arena football was big for a long time in that area, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, of course, college ball, right? Yeah. You got the the Hawkeyes and then uh, Iowa State Cyclone, big rivalry there. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty big down there. So are you doing like a, are you like the tour guide of West Edmonton Mall after this, Eddie? You What's going on? You know it. Yeah. What, <laughs> what's on the that's agenda? That's why they're here. We're going to go tour around, maybe get some brekkie, yeah. uh, hit up a couple of attractions, maybe take them on a coaster or two. We'll oh. see. <laughs> what's What's the mall been like so far? Just got here. Just well, got here. And they're they're just, quiet. Yeah, well, it's quiet it's in the mall, the mall at this walkers. hour. Yeah. Just the we walkers. just see the mall walkers for sure. Yeah, and, and I got a shout out. I know my wife, Stephanie, she's trying to race down. So, oh. uh, baby, I know you're listening. So, <laughs> a little shout out to you. Oh, cool stuff. Um, so, tonight, Elks, Lions. Yep. Um, Speck mentioned uh, the Elks have not scored a point against BC this year. Wow. But... Which is hard to believe. In the CFL. Yeah, which even a single like mm. here, you know. Um, but, it, and again, it's a different team now than what we saw earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on just tonight's game? Uh, again, like Speck said, I think they're going to compete. They have momentum because they've been winning games, experiencing that little bit of success, and that just changes your entire mental approach when you go into games because – and you're not just trying to hang around now. Now you're going out to win. And I honestly think that uh, this is going to be a really good game. I think the Elks are going to come out on top. It's going to be a tight game. But this win streak is going to be pushed to three home games finally. You think so? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, playoffs are a faint hope. We know that. Mm-hmm. The Elks have a very difficult schedule when you think about it. you got Toronto. you still got Winnipeg. Uh, Montreal, but tonight, I mean, you have to obviously win this one. Um, is there a, something on defense that you've noticed a change with this team in the last several weeks, couple weeks that has helped this turnaround? Not so much uh, specific change, I think, and I said this last Friday too, they're just playing better complementary football. You know, and they had played full games and that's why you're winning the games the games that they had lost they play teams tight but they're only playing up until the the first half and then they have a collapse in the third quarter Mm -hmm. or they collapse in the fourth quarter now that you're playing a full four quarters of football it's a different story and you're seeing the wins coming from it and uh, in regards to bc coming tonight they have a really good team as we talked about earlier they're a contender they're one of Mm -hmm. the top three in the league it's no cakewalk here but i think that chris jones is going to have a really good scheme because he He's a schemer, and I think defensively he's going to have these guys prepared for the explosive offense that BC has. Um, CFL this weekend, I mean, this is the second game of the, the doubleheader. There's some key games as well. Is there another team besides, Let's uh, and we've always talked about it, Winnipeg, Toronto, they're in the upper echelon. We know that. But 
BC, I think everyone kind of gives them the consensus third best team. Mm-hmm. Is there a team outside of those top three where you're going, this team could be dangerous if you had to play them uh, maybe first round of the playoffs? Yeah, I, I would probably have to pin it on Montreal mm-hmm. uh, because Montreal, they have a really good defense, one of the better defenses in the league. So that takes a team a long way, especially when talking about playoff football. The thing that is the big question mark for me and has been a question mark for couple of years now is the quarterback position in Montreal and that is Cody Fajardo mm-hmm. I'm not totally sold on him and kind of like I was saying with the Dallas Cowboys earlier until I see it happen in the playoffs I'm not buying what they're selling uh, quick note with Dallas. I mean, big loss for them on, uh, on Ooh, defense. Diggs. Just what did you think of that? Yeah, Torres ACL in practice. That's yeah. that's a tough one. Tough to see that happen, but, man, that's the game of football, and that's what you sign up for, unfortunately. And they got a heck of a defense in Dallas. Yeah, so. they do. Can they, yeah. can they pick up without them? Yeah, yeah, they can. And one of the reasons their defense is so good is their front, their mm-hmm. defensive line. And that actually makes the jobs of the secondary a lot easier when you're pressuring that quarterback and not allowing him to have time to execute throws. Uh, also tonight, right before the Lions and Elks at Saskatchewan in Ottawa, and then tomorrow Montreal visits Calgary, and then Hamilton is in Toronto. So that's uh, uh, week 16 in the uh, CFL. Uh, well, I, I mean, I think you just want to get the, get the heck out of here, don't you? Go you have get... some fun. I mean, Kevin, this <laughs> has mean, been fun. Yeah, it I know. Family. What do you got? I mean, the, the, it's an easy choice for you, isn't it? You know it, man. Uh, so what else is on tap with uh, the family then this weekend? Uh, we'll be hanging out all weekend, spending time together. I think we're going to go do a little bowling oh. together. Uh, get ten, some Five pin or five, ten? Five, five. Oh. And they're used to the ten pin. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. The kids, they'll be able to hold the balls a lot easier. When you throw, do they have to put the bumpers up for you on the sides? <laughs> they, they, I, I break the balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks for coming, and thanks for bringing your family in so we can meet them in uh, here. This is awesome, Kevin. Enjoy, awesome. enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, lots going on. I mean, the Oil Kings are starting tonight in Red Deer. we got Golden Bears in UBC. So. Oilers camp. Yeah, and, Oilers yep. camp. And uh, week three of the NFL, it's going to be an exciting time for sure. Uh, when we come back at the top of the hour, we will check in with Rob Maddie, Associated Press, covering the NFL. Before we do that, we'll uh, have a sports update brought to you by Cattail Crossing. Enjoy half-price golf Monday to Thursday and elevate your game without emptying your wallet. Book your tee time today. Cattailcrossing.ca. Here is the Duke.